2: The Blueprint Connect podcast is an extension of the Waymaker Men Summit, where we have consistently given men a prescription for growth, not just for themselves, but also their families and their communities. During these podcasts, we will educate and motivate our listeners about entrepreneurship, careers, finance, health, and relationships. We're at the seventh annual Waymaker Men Summit in Chicago. This episode is brought to you by Procter & Gamble. P&G is dedicated to providing branded products and services of superior quality and value that improve the lives of the world's consumers now and for generations to come. We're live at the 7th Annual Waymakers Men Summit in Chicago, so welcome to this special podcast episode. I'd like to introduce to you our next guest, The 2023 recent Hall of Fame inductee, three-time NBA champion, one of the newest owners of the Chicago Sky, and author of his own memoir, A Father First, my
3: friend, Dwayne Way. Welcome to the Waymaker Studio. We have very special guests here. You know it's special because when Lewis Carr shows up, you know it's real. We're here with Lewis Carr and none other than... Dwayne, Hall of Famer Dwayne Wade. Hey, man, that sounds good. Say it again. <laughs> Hall of Famer no. Dwayne Wade. nah. No. <laughs> Dwayne, welcome, man. Good to, good to see you here. No, it's good to be here, man. I'm,
4: uh, I'm thankful uh, for Lewis to make sure that I came here. And um, the energy I felt just now in that room with them young men and them older gentlemen as well, it felt good, man. I felt like I was talking to family.
3: Yeah, you're getting right to the first question because talk about what it feels like to be here at this summit with all of these men yeah. and being able to relay some conversation to them, some stories about some some lessons.
4: Yeah, man, you know, we walk through life sometimes and we don't feel
3: like maybe like we belong at times.
4: I've been to Africa, so I know what the difference is. Hmm. I know what it feels like when you when your feet on the ground and you feel like you belong somewhere versus where you go somewhere and you feel like a visitor. And so most of the time, and a lot of rooms are going or do walk through life I feel like a visitor but in the room like today you know I felt like that felt like the crib I felt like my home so I felt good being in there man like I told Louis out there, I was like man we could have talked for a few more hours like you know what I'm saying in front of this audience um because I know we walk in the same journeys in life and some of the same stories yeah. and so it, it was just great to be in there man
2: well dear, I want to thank you for coming because it was so important as you could see in that room for them to hear from somebody who came from the same communities that they yeah. live in now yeah that you hadn't forgot those communities, that you hadn't forgot people like them, and that even at your success, you still understand the importance of communicating and being part of a community. So thank you so much for that.
3: You know, it's interesting, um, Duane, sitting here on the sofa. I've had so many guys sit here just over the last couple of days doing these podcasts whose professional athlete dreams died somewhere along the way. Mm -hmm. Many basketball players who didn't continue on for different reasons. Yours didn't die. You kept going. You're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Talk about what it's like to be successful and talk about what it was like really to keep going because certainly there have been challenges along the way in your career.
4: Yeah, well my R&B dreams died. So <laughs> something. you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be an R&B singer. <laughs> I thought I sounded good in the shower, baby. Um, but I do feel like, you know, I feel lucky. I feel blessed. I feel, all, feel so many emotions to, to be a kid and to have a dream and want to do something. From the first, the first dream I can remember, was a basketball dream. I mean, I, I wanted to be a football player somewhere in there, too, but basketball was what I gravitated to. And to know that my career was that, right? I, I got a chance to actually live that dream. And, you know, one thing throughout my career, which I always told myself, uh, no matter through the injuries, no matter through the, the times where, I, you know, I perceive myself as the best in the game, was you know make sure that I make make sure that I'm not just trying to do something for other people to hush them. Make sure that I'm doing this to make sure that I show myself that what I said and who I said I am that I am that that I am correct that this player that I think I am or this person that I think I am. And so I try to focus on that in my career more than I try to focus on oh man okay I got haters let me show the haters don't show the haters show yourself because we all say what we would do what we could do if we got opportunity and I got one. And I try to take full advantage of it.
3: Talk about what's driven you to that point, because you were drafted. The year you were drafted may have been one of the best draft years ever. Yeah, when we think about the people who came out: LeBron, Carmelo, uh, Bosh, yes. you. Yeah. Talk about talk about what it was like and what's driven you to get to the levels that you've got.
4: Um, well, first of all, man, just to, on that draft class. I mean, I know we got some basketball. Uh, Some basketball heads in here, so they probably say that was not the best one. But arguably... You sitting here with
3: me, it was the best
4: one. Arguably. (laughs) You know, it was a couple. 84, 96. (laughs) Uh, That was pretty good. But to be a part of one of them, um, you know, obviously, you could take it how you want. You could take it as pressure, right? We got to live up to this. Mm -hmm. Or you can take it as opportunity. And so, I didn't need to be... you You need inspiration along the way. Some days, you don't feel like you have it. Some days you don't have it right but I didn't need to be driven I was driven from how I was raised you know that was just something that it was just in me and like as I said on the stage I was driven by watching my dad get up every morning go to work grind or something to try to put some food on the table and sometimes he wasn't able to do that sometimes he wasn't able to provide but he still kept getting up and so that fall down stand up eight motto for me really came from my childhood of watching my people fall down, but keep getting up every day. And so because of God, you know, blessed me with the opportunity to be able to have this talent in basketball. I took those same principles and applied them to basketball, which made me a great player because it didn't matter how many times I was knocked down, I was going to keep getting back up and go provide for my family every day. And so I uh, put all that together, put a couple of good days together. You- fuck around and have a good career. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about you know family.
2: We have a biological family and we have family that we sort of becomes part of our family along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we share a family member named Andre King. Mm-hmm. He's been with you for a long it on time. on my nerves. He's been with me for a long time. <laughs> Talk about the importance of those ride or die people in your life.
4: Man, listen, <laughs> the older you get, the more and more you realize you need those ride or die people. And you know you're going to be exposed to who's not ride or die versus who is. And when you get to you know grow older in life, you get to actually choose you know your ride or die or your friends or your family. Um, you know I think it means even a little bit more when you actually choose um, because you're choosing people that you know cover up your weaknesses, that you protect your weaknesses, um, and things of that nature, right? You, you, to me, I'm, I'm building a team, and so you know it's been great, man. You know. Dre just turned 6'0. My guy just turned 60. And for me to be a young guy going through this life, going through this world, like having someone who has actually been 41 before or 37 whenever I was and has experienced life at that time, helped me out in so many different times where I thought it was like the world was blowing up or everything. And he's like, kid, I've been 37 before. <laughs> you. You're going to be all right. You're going to survive. You know, you're going to survive this. And so just having a mentor, like I said, upstage in life, in whatever capacity they they are in, it's so important, man, for, for us to, to be able to get that knowledge. Like, we need that knowledge just as much as we need the knowledge that's in these books. We need the knowledge from people who's actually experienced life, and has done things that we're going to do or we're going to see as black men. Um, and so I appreciate, you know, my guy Andre and all the individuals like Andre that are in people's lives to just give back what they know and not be selfish with it.
3: And giving back happens on so many different levels. And this is for both you and Lewis. Uh, this summit and all you've done to bring all these men together, this has really been special, Lewis. And I've been here before last year, but this one when you just knocked, knocked the ball out of the park. I want you to talk about what it means to you to have this summit happen now. And, Duane, I'd like to talk to you as well about your philanthropy because you've done some phenomenal things there too. But, Lewis, talk about that.
2: Well, for me, uh, you've heard me say this roof is so many interviews. I'm trying to pay back this debt mm. that – I know can never be paid all I can do is pay interest so it'll be an ongoing mortgage that I owe to all of the people who helped me and poured into me and I continue to get them every single day I mean having this relationship with Dwayne I mean that's very very special you see how this audience responded to him uh, we had D-Rose yesterday we had Nick Cannon this morning we had David Mann I mean these are people who understand what i'm trying to do because people have poured into them also so it's not this strange thing that like why is he doing it they understand intimately why i'm doing it because all of us kind of grew up in the same type of places with the same type of challenges we didn't know if we're going to get out we all were trying we got out and now we're saying hey we owe something back to those communities and to those people who are trying to do the same thing that we did. You and I, Rufus, we got out went to Lane Tech High School, all right? The only two from our school? Only two from our school, and we were in this uncomfortable place being at Lane Tech. because it was all white and we had to swim new? Absolutely. We still don't know why we had to swim <laughs> with no clothes on, all right? Dwayne's got that look. <laughs> to yeah, it, it was something about that Lane <laughs> I still ask people, why were we swimming naked?
3: they like, shh. <laughs> wonder why I left after my freshman year. Um,
4: to to jump in on the philanthropy part of it, um, I I didn't get my back to school um, booklets and, and pencils and pens and, and jackets and stuff from the store. Got it from the church. We didn't get our food from the grocery store all the time. We got it from the church, right? We were the family that were in line. When other families gave away clothes or the church provided that government cheese with that bread and that macaroni cheese and that, that box that we got. So I remember that. I remember being a kid and that's, that was our lifeline, receiving those things from other people. And so I said, if I ever get in a place, in a position where I can give back in any capacity, it is my duty and my job to do that. To make sure that I'm providing for other kids, that other families like mine, that was in need, in dire need of things and um, I mean even showing up sometimes all you need is somebody just to show up you know I remember being a kid and, and hearing about celebrities that showed up at other schools and I was like man I just want somebody to show up at ours nobody comes to our community to show up and so I just try to show up you know at times where I can and so being able to have these platforms you know like maker and you know, other platform it allows us to, the space to show up the way that we can and we want to And so, uh, man, it's just, the philanthropy part is just, it's it's, it's not even, it's just life. It's a a way of life. We'll be right back with more of my
2: interview after this quick break.
1: Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there hey i'm jay shetty and i'm the host of
0: on purpose on purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to
4: help you become happier healthier and more healed this week i talked to tiffany haddish in a hilarious deep thoughtful interview where we dive into family
0: trauma have fun but then he would treat me like crap listen to on purpose with jay shetty on the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts trust me you won't want to miss this one i'm tamika d mallory and it's your boy my son the general and we are your host of tmi new year new name new energy but same old us. oh yeah and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: That's right. Right, right, right. when you've also mentioned family a few times in your conversation. And you've been an incredible father and an incredible son. Talk about some of the challenges that you've had there and how you've just been able to, to um, be solid in what those things are and what that means. To
4: you. Yeah, I mean... I mean, the challenges, um, my parents had challenges way before I was born and, and trying, to, trying to navigate this world and trying to find out how to be. And, you know, you put kids involved in that while you're trying to learn how to be in life. There's going to be some mistakes that's going to be made. And so I'm sure of some things that my parents were going back. But, you know, in the midst of that, you know, I learned a lot. And I take a lot of things that my parents taught me and what they didn't teach me. At the same time, what I had to learn, and I try to provide those you know, with my kids. You know, just something as simple as, you know, I always felt like I was, I was a very quiet kid that was misunderstood at times, right? But no one really listened. Adults didn't listen to us. were kids stay in a kid place and adults never listen. But I had something I wanted to say. And, you know, I try to allow that space for my kids to actually give them moments where I listen. Because they have something that they want to say. And not only is me listening to them, is going to help them feel better about themselves. It's going to help me feel better and know that I can understand my kid better. Um, and so the way I you know, I go by, man, is I go by understanding that my kids are going to be adults and they're going to be running this family one day, and it's my duty and my job to impart, you know, life lessons on them and to them, and not treat them like they're kids because they're not anymore. You know, Kavi is, but my adult's not. And love them where they at, love them how they want to be loved, um, and then give them all the things that I know they need from me as well.
3: I want to follow the theme of this conference, which is. Um being in uncomfortable situations and finding your way through it, finding your way to something um, positive from the uncomfortable situations that you've been in. Share with us an uncomfortable situation that you've been in and how you've worked your way through
4: that. Um,
3: I see being uncomfortable
4: um, and everything. But just personally, uh, probably going through my custody battle with my kids, that probably was one of the most uncomfortable times. One, because it was public.
1: You do not want to deal
4: with family business in the public um, when I grew up you know, my mom and dad wasn't together but my mom and dad was best of friends to this day best friends that's all I knew that's all I seen and it was a little different for me in my journey and that was an uncomfortable place to be in as you know being in the NBA uh, but also having the negative light that I had all the things that was you know, being portrayed about me um, but it ended up being one of the best things that happened to me I learned so much about life I learned so much about myself so much about being grown into being, trying to become a man um, in that, you know, in that experience with you know, trying to be a father to my kids in the midst of all the madness. You know, it's a lot of, it's going to be a lot of chaos in the world. Anybody out there listening, understand that it's always going to be chaos provided and it's going to be on you to figure out how to focus on in the middle of the chaos, what's important and what's needed from you. Um, well, we had this um, coach Spo in Miami, they brought in these uh, Navy SEALs once and we did this, um, you know, this team together with the Navy SEALs say, "Hey, we're gonna do 10 push-ups on my count. Okay, all y'all gotta do is do 10 push-ups in unison." And so we did the first five. One, two, as a team. Mm-hmm. By the time we got the five, all the Navy SEALs start screaming. They start yelling. They start coming in our ear. In the midst of that, the chaos started going. And now they start yelling things. And now you got one guy doing a push-up when we weren't supposed to. Right? The chaos. We couldn't be in unison no more. And so you have to figure out how to focus in the middle of chaotic situations. And to me, you know, that's something that we would—I had to continue to do. I never—I didn't grow up to wanting to be a celebrity or for people to, to know and care about everything my family do. It's not something that I wanted, and so I have to—I have to realize what's chaotic
3: and what's real, and I have to be able to focus through it all. Except now you are. So how do you manage that? Because your life is public. We yeah. see everything that you do, and people are looking to see. Everything that you do. How do you manage in Man, such a public?
4: So many different ways. Sometimes I sit back, I open up a bottle of wine. That's how I manage it on that <laughs> night. You know what I mean? Some nights I'll pull up the Drake crib at 5 in the morning and he in the bed and I'll manage it like that. Come downstairs, I need to talk. Uh, sometimes I, you know, I reach out and I, I reach out to a therapist because I need to manage it that way. I meditate, I need to manage it that way. Uh, sometimes I need to just deal with it. I need to manage it that way. Uh, you reach out to mentors. Um, there's so many different ways to manage things you got to find and you got to find out what's needed from you in that moment of how you're going to manage it because none of us know how to do this thing called life we are every day we get done we got to create what this day looks like because um, each day is different and so i found so many different ways to manage and and not cope i don't want to use i don't want to use cope because we cope through medicines addictions and things like that. So I've tried to find so many ways to manage the, cha- the, cha- the chaoticness of my life that I didn't know was gonna be a part of my life. I just wanted to play basketball, I wanted to be great, and I wanted to make some bread. That's all I wanted to do. You kinda <laughs> did those things. Well yeah, then I got all the other things. That, <laughs> that <laughs> These that other I didn't know. things come with it. Yeah, I got, got a lot of things that came with it. Yeah.
3: Lewis, how'd you come up with this theme for this conference? What was the impetus behind that? It's simple for me. Uh you go to my New York office in 1515
2: Broadway, sort of a glass window just like we have here, and I have the word growth on it. It's about, each letter is about 24 inches high, and everybody thinks because I do what I do in charge of revenue, it's about money. It's never about money, it's been about life. So my assistant always says, would you tell people what that means? Because <laughs> everybody stops and asks me, like, why does he have growth on his, on his office window? It's about life. I don't think, if you're not growing, then you're retreating, you're going backwards. There's no such thing as I'm good, Mm -hmm. I'm staying the same. There's just no such thing as that. So either you're going to grow or you're going to go backwards. And I think we all want to grow. I think that's what our families need. I think that's what our communities need. But there's no growth by being in the same comfortable place. You have to be uncomfortable. When you think about some of the most uncomfortable times, it's learning how to swim, right? You learn how to swim, Mm -hmm. you're uncomfortable until you learn how to swim. Then you learn that, and then you go to the next level. So I said, hey, our men need to grow, our families need to grow, our communities need to grow, and the key part about it is to make yourself uncomfortable. I talked to Dwayne on stage. You know, coaches, that's what they do. That's why they be screaming at you, all right, to take you in that uncomfortable place
3: so you can be better think about Dwayne, and I remember um, watching some of the games here in the summertime, some of the all-star games that took place here in the summertime with mm-hmm. Benny Henry and the, and the other folks. Mm-hmm. You may have been the first person that I ever saw play defense. In <laughs> <games>. <laughs> and it was kind of interesting because nobody ever played defense, but there you were still involved doing things <laughs> that people weren't supposed to be doing. When you think about the changes that you make and the fact that you made it to the Hall of Fame, what do you attribute most to your ability to be able to get there?
4: Oh man. I think the ability to be able to um, adapt is is probably it. You got to be able to adapt to whatever circumstances and situations you're put in. You know I say it from a basketball standpoint. It would have been easy for me in my career, if my whole career was, hey, you're going to get the ball for 16 years and you're just going to run high picking and rolls. All right, I know what my I know what to do. But it wasn't that. It was, hey, you got to come off the bench on this on this team. Hey, you got to you got to you know, you got a back cut on this team. Hey, we need you to set screens and Like, whatever it is, I had to be adaptable. And I think for me in my career, you know, that's what I, that's the thing I love about my career is that I didn't just do it one way. I found multiple ways to try to be successful and always want to be adaptable. You know, I always tell my son, don't never put yourself in a position where a coach don't look down on that bench and he can't put you in. You got to be able to do any and everything. If he needs you for two seconds to go in there and, and, and trap somebody – he better know that you can bring that kind of energy and that kind of smarts to be able to go trap this person so we can get a steal. Whatever it is. And so I've always always wanted to be that. That's that's what my dad celebrated in me. He never celebrated 35 points. He celebrated 15, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. Celebrated being overall and not just one thing. And so for me, I've never wanted to be. And even in business, I don't want to be just one thing. That's why I'm involved in so many different things. Um, Because I've always wanted to make sure that, you know, I'm adaptable in
3: whatever room I go in. Dwayne, you've been wonderful and generous with your time being here and with your person and sharing all these things. I I know we have to let you go, unfortunately. But I'll ask you just one more question. Um, If you think back, and I asked Lewis this question when I had a chance to talk to him a few weeks ago. Yeah. If you were able to look back to an earlier Dwayne Wade, what's the advice that you would give to yourself? Um,
4: I mean, I, I get to look back anytime I come in a room like this. Every time I see one of these kids, these kids out here, I, I go right back to, that was me. That was me. Um, you know, I think along the way, man, I've been blessed. So I, I can't say that, you know, I think I did the things I would have told a young Dwayne. You know, along the way, I, I know that things are going to happen in life. And you know what? We got to be ready to deal with them. And so I can't say I wish those things didn't happen um, because it was meant for me to go through it and deal with it. So someone else possibly uh, may not. Right. And so I believe that the things that made me successful is, you know, especially our kids today, they live in a world where people are getting a chance to comment on them in real time. Right. They gave to hear all the things that people said about them in a negative way, but you got to be able to shut that out. You got to be able to be you know, close minded to someone that's not celebrating your dream. If you're not celebrating my dream, you are not in my, you don't get a chance to be in my orbit. You don't get a chance to be in my energy space. And so, you know, you can use things for motivation. But keep people around you, keep things around you that celebrates and push you on the path to your dream and what you feel like you're on this earth to accomplish and do. And don't let nobody get in the way of that. I ask my son all the time, are you obsessed with your dream? I shouldn't care about it more than you. You have to be obsessed about it. And so if you got something that is for you and that you feel like God has put you on this earth to do, or you feel like you want to do, then be obsessed about it. And don't allow nobody in your energy space that don't celebrate that and don't help you get to that.
3: I once had a chance to uh, stand and have a conversation with Michael Jordan and uh, Dr. J, and I went back and said, I am now on the best three-on-three team ever, just because it was the two of them and I was there. Uh, I think this this threesome sitting here now compares very well with that. Dwayne Wade, Lewis Carr, thank you both for all that you do.